Welcome, everybody. We are back from the holiday season, ready to kick off a new year of horror. But before we do that, we are going to talk about the ups and downs of 2023. I am your host, Chris, and that is my co-host, Jordan, and welcome to the Grindhouse Syndicate end of the year recap episode. So for the past few months, we have been quietly compiling our own separate top 10 lists. We have not discussed or seen uh, our list with each other. So we have like no idea what kind of shit show this is going to be. It could be wildly different or it could be exactly the same. We don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how this is going to this is going to match up. Yeah, we genuinely have the same uh, taste in movies, but it does vary a couple movies, maybe. Yeah, I'm calling. I'm calling eight. Calling eight. I think. I think eight's gonna match. Eight, possibly nine, but eight. The order probably won't be the same, but yeah, I can agree. There's probably gonna be eight at the least seven, and then you know maybe two, maybe three different. But I think that's about all the difference is gonna be. Yeah, for for me, my my top eight are by far the the best eight movies. Um, there's a decent gap in between eight and nine and then from nine to ten is, is quite a gap so i I'm, I'm thinking thinking eight well we got another difference too because i didn't base my movies off ratings i based them off of how much i liked like how much i enjoyed watching them and you based yours off of your ratings of the movies a lot of times my my ratings kind of project how much I like a movie, that only makes sense. Um, there is certain cases where that's not necessarily true. Like maybe a comedy, B-movie, horror movie. You know, obviously that's not going to get us high of a rating because it's uh, terrible acting and there's no money put into it. But I enjoy watching it. But there's there's no movies like that on here. So, I mean, regardless, my list would probably be pretty close to what it is. Anyway, yeah, I mean, even though we have that, I still think they're going to be really close. Uh, I I have movies that I rated better, but they're maybe further down my list because I mean, I I think I originally kind of started building it by rating, but then I was like, well, you know, I actually liked this movie, or I enjoyed this movie more than this one, so I ended up doing it by just really how much I really liked them. But we have the top ten list, but we also will have at the end of that. Uh, we'll have some honorable mentions, and then we will have the I Just Didn't Get the Hype Award, where we each will pick a movie that was really popular, but we personally just didn't, we just didn't get it. Just didn't get it. Just didn't get the hype. Uh, and then we are also going to discuss our plans for the show in 2024, because we have some cool ideas that we're going to try out in the Patreon, see how they go. We're going to kind of tell you some of our series ideas that we're going to be kind of toying around with in there. Good stuff. Yeah, I think it's good stuff. I'm kind of excited to do those episodes. So I think we've said it before, but we, we want to do it in there because we some of these episodes are going to be shorter and some of these episodes will take us multiple weeks to put together. And we don't want to disrupt our normal um, kind of movie of a week kind of thing. So we want to just try them out in there and see how they go. Yeah, I'm really curious where um, some some of these ideas uh, I'm really excited for. So I'm really kind of curious to see how they come out. Yeah, we have no idea like how they're going to come out either. 
<laughs> so we don't want to put them out there for it. We just we want to put them out there for the the really true fans to listen to first before we put them out there for everybody. Uh, but first, if you want to stay up to date on what is going on with us or the show, talk about or submit your movie request or just say, hey, you can always find us at one of our social media accounts. Facebook at the Grindhouse Syndicate Horror Podcast, Instagram at grindhousesyndicate.horror.pod, and TikTok at the Grindhouse Horror Podcast at grindhouse.horror.pod. And subscribe or follow for alerts on new episodes. You're eventually just going to have that fully memorized. Yeah. Uh, and if you really like the show, please give us a review. We would be eternally grateful. And speaking of reviews, we want to give a shout out to a Mr. Ted Bow. You, sir, are amazing. Not only did you give us five stars, but you wrote a very nice and thoughtful review. Uh, you truly made our whole week with your words, and we are very glad that you enjoy the show. So thank you for, you know, taking time out of your day to listen to us and uh, to write an amazing review. We really appreciate it, and we are very, very happy to have you be a part of the syndicate with us. Shout out, Ted. Hell yeah, man. Yes, yeah, you know, people people will give us a review, but, you know, they, they'll click the stars or whatever. But to actually get somebody that writes out and writes out like, you know, more than one sentence is fantastic. Yeah, I was pretty stoked when I read that. You know, you can get five-star reviews. That's awesome. But when somebody takes the time to actually sit down and write something like that out, um, definitely means a lot to us. Yep. All right. Top 10. Let's Top 10. Uh, let's get to it. We have flipped a coin to predetermine who is going to go first. And the winner was me, but I chose to go first. Uh, so my number 10 movie is VHS 85. And in my personal opinion, this was the return of VHS to its greatness. It's not better than the first one. I don't think, I don't know if they'll ever top that one, but I think they did a really good job coming close. There was only uh, one of the short stories that I didn't really care about, which was uh, the earthquake, earthquake one. But uh, other than that, I really enjoyed them, and I really liked the the first one with the kids in the boat, and it like loops back around. Definitely yeah. didn't see that coming. The loop back around that that was good. Well, I feel like they they from what I remember, they kind of run with that. They kind of go back to that a couple different times. Um, that family, at least, uh, goes go into another story. I thought that was really cool. The one thing that that's. Undoubtedly, for me, the best VHS that's come out in a long time. I did one thing I did take away from it though is it was really long for a found footage movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I don't know what the runtime on it was, but it felt like two and a half hours. Well, I think the reason that is is because they had. Um, do you remember they had like that? They had a bunch of cutscenes in between the stories of that those scientists with that like alien. alien yeah. So those were really long, and then that ends up being like the, like at the very end. So and then that itself is long. But um, they did a really good job. Like I was happy because the last two weren't super great in my opinion. They're, I don't even remember the last one. Good. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't say they weren't super great. I I didn't. Uh, what was it, 94 or something was the last one? I, I thought it was pretty rough. Yeah, it might have. They did, they did one, I want to think, in the 90s. 
and then they did one maybe also in the 80s. I can't I can't even remember, and that's not good when I can't even remember them. No, there was undoubtedly the last one was was the 90s. I'm pretty sure it was 94. And in this one, it dropped in October, so it was a really great timing. It was you know kind of like perfect timing, you know Halloween type movie. So, uh, yeah, that that's my number 10. That's where I'm starting at. All right. Well, my number 10 is a movie that we watched earlier in the year, and my terrible memory, uh, I had to go back and refresh on it. I had a lot of movies that were kind of the same rating after I hit my number nine. So I kind of went back and forth on a couple different movies, but what I ended up settling on was Sick. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, I I thought that, for one, I hate that it's centered around COVID. Really? Yes, that's the one thing I hate about it. Wow. Um, Not a fan of it. Don't need any reminders that COVID was a thing. Mm. Uh, But it really had like a mix of kind of like a a stranger's feel, like a stranger slash scream feel, um, them being stalked in a house, a, a really nice, really nice like log mansion in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, who wouldn't want to? Uh, was it quarantine? It's called a quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah. yeah, that that's that is the quarantine place. That's where you want to be. I I missed out on the whole quarantine COVID thing. I was deployed at the time, and it's one reason I like sick is because I didn't get to see that, and it's I think it's cool, you know, because it still blows my mind that. You know what you guys were telling me, like everything was shut down and everyone was home. That just blows my mind. It's just crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was definitely an experience. Yeah. So I guess to quarantine because it wasn't like originally supposed to be two weeks, but it ended up being a lot longer, right? Oh yeah, I think it's. I remember it started out as like it was just going to be uh, a week or two, and then it ended up being just. It felt like it went on forever. Well, that must be fantastic to be one of those people that can do that at a place like that. Like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, that is a, um, I don't, I didn't look up much about the set, whether they built that or I assume they didn't build that set. I rented they shot it. that in an actual place. It is a beautiful, beautiful log cabin. But yeah, it had a very uh, Strangers slash Scream feel. I think the Scream play was done by uh, Kevin Williamson, so that completely makes sense. Yeah, that's that's my number 10. Rolling right into number 9. So my number 9 is going to be Cobweb. Oh. Yeah. Creepy Halloween movie. Yeah, this is... um, I really like the story, uh, how they kind of did the dynamic only to kind of turn a 180. They do a really, really good job of making you feel bad for this kid and hating the parents, and then they're able to switch that up immediately at one particular spot. And I don't want to spoil anything in the movie, but Lizzie Kaplan mm-hmm. and Anthony Starr, their dynamic in this movie as the parents were, I mean, they, they, they made this movie. They, they, they 100% made this movie. Yes, they, they did. An, and, and the shout out to Woody Norman, who was actually the kid in this movie, for him to play that uh, abused kid character and to be able to play it that good at that young of an age, uh, big shout out to him because he was very believable. You know, you feel really bad for this kid. 
Yeah, this is one of those movies. You know when you get movies where you're not sure why you really like it, but there's just something about it that you can't put your thumb on, like you just like the feel of the movie? I think the, that that movie has such a Halloween October vibe to it. It does. It does, and it's 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 just uh, like a movie Gretel and Hansel that yeah that kind of really Halloween vibe that they had. I don't necessarily like that story a whole lot. Like it's not amazing, but there's just something about that movie that makes me feel good while I'm watching it. And that's kind of how I felt with this movie. Well, with that movie, I really think it does. It does a really good job where it's one of the movies where you're trying to figure out where you stand on the plot. And yeah. that this the reason why the parents make the movie is because you're like, are they bad or are they good? Are they bad or are they good? And you're going back and forth. And then you, you are almost positive you have it. And then it ends up being the opposite of what you think. Yeah. And yeah, and it's and it I will say that it's kind of weird. Um, I guess if you haven't seen this movie or the movie I'm about to mention, you may not get it, but it gave me a little bit of people under the stairs vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. This is a movie. They have another dynamic too of this missing kid in this neighborhood. And I was convinced, uh, you know, a quarter of the way through the movie that I knew what, what had happened. Yeah. And, and it ends up completely being the opposite and it all flips very quick. And I I thought they did an amazing job with that. Yeah, that that's a good that's a good one. I enjoyed it. Uh, so my number nine is a Peacock original where we see Kevin Williamson return to the slasher genre. It's sick. sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it. I personally thought it was a really cool idea to kind of do a slasher, but you know, do it to surround it with COVID. I mean to take to take something like a slasher movie where we've seen a lot of the same ideas and to just you know center it around a real world event that hadn't been done with a slasher before. I I think it was a really cool idea. I'm glad they kind of went for it. I could see people either hating it or or loving it, you know, one of the two, but um I personally thought it was really cool like Normally we get, you know, they're going camping or their car broke down the middle of nowhere. But this is something that happened in real life that affected the whole world. And they managed to take that event and turn it into a slasher. I, I, you know, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, really cool movie. You know, I thought the COVID thing was good for the story as far as them uh, being out in the middle of nowhere and quarantining and it really explaining why nobody was going to be around and it was going to be really hard to, you know, it, it really secludes them because of COVID. They're kind of secluded. I like that part of it. I just didn't like the very the end and the, 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 the reasoning. The okay. reasoning is what I didn't like. Yeah. I think it's a fun movie. I think it was a different movie. I was really happy to see, uh, Kevin Williamson, who, if you don't know, you know, wrote the screen movies, and uh, it was just nice to see him return because it it has that little bit of that flavor that we're used to from him with those kind of slasher movies. And um, I was glad to see him back. Uh, so my number eight 
is going to be Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor. And I'm going to say this right off the bat. I have never been a Hell House fan. Um, I don't dislike it, but I've also never really cared that much about it. Uh, I've seen the first one a few times. I'm pretty sure I've seen the second one once. I don't know the details of the Hell House story, but this movie, I felt like you didn't have to know the story. And they do connect it to the story. But not so much that somebody like me is lost. Th- that movie was, um, you didn't, even if you'd never seen any of the other ones, that movie has some purely scary parts to it. Yep. So you didn't really need to know the connection stuff. And if you knew it, that made it even better. I know um, some of the stuff, I've seen them. Uh, so I, I know them. I know I didn't see them yesterday, so I can't, you know line the story out for you, you know, scene by scene, but I did get some of the references and it just made it better. But the movie I felt was genuinely scary. Yeah, I'm not even a like a ghost movie person. Like I watch them, but you know, they're not my go-to. I don't really normally care about uh ghost movies. I I'm more interested in watching them when they're found footage than just, you know, regular ghost movie, but um, this one was really good, and I think one of the reasons it was really good was because, you know, they had a really good reason to have the cameras rolling all the time, too. That's another thing for found footage. Um, they had multiple cameras, multiple people, and they had, like, a legitimate reason to be there. And uh, I, I think it made this movie really good. Like, I was actually excited to... I remember I watched it. I come in there and told you guys, like, I got a movie you got to see. And uh, that's really rare for me for for ghost movies. So it hit my number eight spot. Good shit. All right. So moving on, my number eight. Uh, So I will say like six through eight were all really close. But I I, it came down to uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm. Uh, I thought good flick. Thought this was a great play on our childhood fears of the creepy Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. Oh, for sure. Uh, I know me and you, I don't know how the rest of the world, I assume so, because they made a movie like this, but was always kind of creeped out by the animatronics. Intrigued, but creeped out at the same time. You know, I was fortunate enough to see the step-by-step of what this was based off of, the horror, uh, the horror game right before this came out. So I knew kind of the basis of what the story was, but I thought they did a really good, good job writing a movie around that. Cause you know, obviously you have to write it into a movie for it to make sense. Um, they did a great job with that. Uh, they did change some things in the story, but I don't think they changed anything, uh, so bad that, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of that anyway. I didn't know about it, so it's not something that, you know, hurt my feelings too much. The animatronics in this movie were absolutely terrifying. They're, they did a phenomenal job with those. Phenomenal job. Yeah, when he, uh, when she's, like, laughing whenever you first see them alive for the first time, and he's, like, standing there, like, this has got to be a fucking joke. Like, that, that scene is just terrifying, thinking... You know, putting yourself in that spot, I, you know, I'd be horrified if I was in that situation. And I know I think this is a three movie. 
three movie to you? Yeah, it has three movies. So I'm really excited to see where this is going to go in the future as well, especially with Snap Trap, which is the main bad guy. He's at the um, end, the one at the end. That's yeah. who that is. Yeah, so if you look at like uh, a lot of the artwork and and stuff, um, so in the original story, he gets like walled in, uh, like underground, I think under the uh, the Freddy's, Freddy's whatever the place is called, Freddy's Pizza or something. It's like it's like a knockoff of Chuck E. Cheese, Freddy's Pizza Ria. I don't know. Phase. <laughs> Phase something Freddy's or... I don't know. Anyway, he gets walled in for like 20 years. So when he comes out, like his his suit's falling apart and you can see his body deteriorated under it and stuff. That's when you get the really scary... Ver- and, and as the timeline goes on, these animatronics get older and they start looking creepier and creepier. And I'm really excited to see what they do moving forward with that. Yeah, uh, I thought it was definitely one of the coolest movies of the year. I very much look forward to what they got coming up. I don't know when the next one's coming out. I don't even know if they've started on it yet, but I do know that you know when they sign the actors, they sign them for three movies. And considering how much fucking money that movie made, they're definitely going to do the next two. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I thought uh, Joss Hutcherson um, playing the lead. I thought he did a really good job. He's great in everything I've seen him in. Yeah. He, he used to do a show called Future Man, and he is fucking hilarious in that show. Yeah, I think he's really good. Um, and then, of course, anything you have Matthew Lillard in mm-hmm. gets bonus points just for having him in it. Uh, I thought the, the this movie had a really, overall, a really dark feel, but they put these slight hints of bright colors, like these bright neon colors. And uh, I thought it kind of, reflected a creepy abandoned arcade that used to be like a bright spot full of happy kids and stuff. I thought they reflected that really well in the the cinematography and the color choices of the movie. It it's really surprising to me that, you know, this this um you know, before this movie, but definitely this movie's a part of it, how this was uh this franchise was such a big hit with um the generation kind of below us because I feel like, you know, for millennials, this is like a nostalgia thing because we we lived that when we were younger. Mm-hmm. This newer generation, probably most of them hadn't, had never been in a Chuck E. Cheese. And if they had been, I'm, I'm pretty sure they had removed the animatronic bands a long, long time ago. But that was shit that we grew up with. And you would think it would kind of almost hit harder with us. But I do know that a lot of the popularity with the with that franchise is actually with the generation below us. Yeah, I think it's because it was uh, a, the horror game. Yeah, it's it like a, a game. It was a game. I think it was a couple different parts. Uh, but that's I would imagine that's why. Because uh, it, you know, right before the movie came out, I looked it up just out of curiosity. So I was like, oh man, like. I think I've seen a video of them making the Snap Trap, uh, Wicked Makers doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's really cool looking. And I started looking more into it, and I just kind of fell into the rabbit hole of the entire storyline. I had never heard of it. So I would imagine with maybe that's why it hit harder with the younger crowd. I definitely think it brings up a, a nostalgia for us, because um, I don't think they have like the band's 
the Chuck E. Cheese bands. No, they removed them a a while back, I remember. Even in like Disney World, you go to Disney World and they would have like the. And and one of the cafes in like Epcot, they had like an animatronic band in there playing. And uh, I don't think they have those much anymore. Chuck E. Cheese only has one, and it's at like the Chuck E. Cheese headquarters now. There's only one of them. And none of the actual uh, restaurants have the anim. Because I guess the animatronics were really expensive to maintain. They broke down a lot. So they ended up getting rid of them. But um, yeah, there's just one now. Yeah, imagine all the uh, crumbling, falling apart, creepy animatronics that used to sit in a Chuck E. Cheese oh, that yeah. there is out there. And that's one thing I loved about this movie is, and, and at least in the game, as the story goes on, they get fucking scarier and scarier because they get older and older. Number seven, uh, I did Thanksgiving. Good one. That's a good. That is a, probably one of the biggest movies of this year. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I, you know, it's really good new age slasher. You know, I know a lot of people were comparing it to Scream in the sense that's like who's the killer. Oh, I, I yeah. Um, I mean, I think I, I remember telling you like I think it was kind of like Scream Thanksgiving during Thanksgiving. Yep, thanks. with with way gnarlier kills. Yep, Thanksgiving Scream. And one thing I'll give this movie huge props for is we have grown up with Scream. We've had years of Scream. You know, we've we've had six of them now. We're really good at being able to kind of get an idea of who it's going to be at the end, like who they're shining the light on, so we know it's not going to be them because it's too obvious. Even after years of growing up with those type of movies, the killer ended up surprising me. Yeah, they did a really good job with that. Yep, it got me. It was one of the last people that I would have expected it to be. I will say, like, one one thing I didn't care for as much was I thought that the deaths in the beginning scene at the... The, uh, the dumpster? The massacre. Oh, I no. thought you were mentioning that dumpster. No, that was pretty the, rough. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was bad. <laughs> not really, um, still not sure what happened there. <laughs> yeah, like a fucking car hits a dumpster and it cuts... The pla- it cuts this person in half somehow. And it's, it's like, like the plastic well, lid fell, but I'm like, that wouldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when a plastic lid cuts you, and it was very, very... She's um, a big lady, too. <laughs> very, uh, really, like, something you would see in Thanksgiving or something. Like, something that's, yeah. like, you would think would be in a comedy. But, no, I was talking about the deaths in the store. Uh, you know, I thought they really <laughs> went killed by far... <laughs> yeah, they really went far-fetched with those. That's, that's the only part I didn't like. Like, a guy cuts his throat on the glass... Coming through the door. Uh, another guy gets trampled by the entire door. Uh, the lady gets hit in the face with a car and it breaks her neck and kills her. <laughs> and then uh, rips her, her scalp off. Yeah, yeah. Her hair gets caught in the wheel and it rips like a whole like quarter of her scalp off. Uh, Very easily. Yeah, that's so I, di- I didn't care for that. So it was a rough start. I was like, okay, is this going to be like a horror comedy? But... After that, I, I thought some of the, the kills were, were brutal, um, besides the dumpster, obviously. I thought some of the kills were really good, uh, good practical effects. Obviously a must for a good slasher. Can't have a good slasher without some practical effects. 
Um, and I think it's a really great addition to a very slim list of Thanksgiving horror movies. Oh, man, there is such a small list of good Thanksgiving horror movies. Yeah, when we covered Thanksgiving, we sat down and actually looked up Thanksgiving horror movies because we, we wanted to do something for Thanksgiving, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, wow, I would have never guessed how short the list of horror movies for Thanksgiving is. I know a lot of other shows uh, covered that the Hulu movie Pilgrim. That yeah. movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't normally want to dog movies too much, but that is, it's so fucking boring. It's a slow burn. Oh, I mean, that, it that is. That never it, fully burns. It was, it's one of those movies where you're just like, um, there's so much buildup and you know, you know, these motherfuckers are up to no good. Cause like, you know, I'll give you a, a really quick, you know, what it's about basically this family hires these uh what she thinks are actor pilgrims to come to her house for thanksgiving and um i don't know i guess to make it more realistic or or i don't i don't i can't remember why she hires them but they end up showing up like a fucking week before thanksgiving and then they end up like staying there with them at the house and then they're all like super mega conservative like like olden time conservative, like, you know, women can't own things and yeah. And it, and they're just kind of slowly working their way. Like they've got the parents fooled, but the teenagers are like, these motherfuckers are up to no good. And, you know, finally you get to the end of the movie and yeah, they are no good. They're murdering people. But so much of the movie is like you figuring out how bad they are. And man, fuck that movie. (laughs) Yeah. We won't be covering that. That thing is, God, that thing is slow. Yeah, that's that's kind of how we ended up landing on Thanksgiving. Uh, there was there was also uh, Poultrygeist, which is a... Uh, which is batshit crazy. It is also batshit crazy, but uh, it's, it's really technically not a Thanksgiving movie. Uh, there was another really, really low-budget Thanksgiving movie. But anyway, there's not a whole lot of options. Uh, Thanksgiving will obviously be one that the week of Thanksgiving I will probably watch every year. From now on, this will probably be added to that list. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so my number seven, Saw X. Uh, I, you know, I've mentioned it before. I don't really have an idea of where the fucking Saul story is right now. Uh, there are nine other Saws, and then there's Spiral, which I guess you, you don't really necessarily have to count because it doesn't really have anything to do with the, the story, but I can't ever remember the whole thing, but this was awesome because you didn't have to know that. Like, I think everybody's seen probably Saul 1, 2, and probably 3, back when they were like, you know, really good movies. And this was a movie that landed right in between that. And we all knew the fucking story. And it was kind of like, it was a, it was a separate thing too. It was like its own story in with the old ones. They did a really great job on it. We got John Kramer and Amanda back. Um, I think a lot of people, including myself, lost a lot of interest when, jigsaw when they when he died or when they killed him off or whatever but um this was a good this was a good movie it had that old kind of like grainy dingy saw feel um there was some plot details i didn't 
uh, like about the movie, which is why it's not like higher up on my list. But overall, you know, I can agree. It's definitely one of the best horror films of this year. So it landed at number seven for me. And if you want to hear more of what we think about Saw, it'll be the next episode. We're going to cover Saw X. Just throwing that one out there. So I'm not going to go into a ton of what I think about Saw X because you got a whole hour and a half of it next week. So Good episode. Yep. Uh, So my number six, and I can't believe that I got a PG-13 movie landed on my top 10 list, but my number six is Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, like I said before, I don't know, I didn't know anything about the games. Like I'd heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it before. Uh, the games had zero influence on my opinion of the movie. I kind of went into it completely fresh. And I will say that I loved the idea behind this movie. And it was because what we were saying earlier is I remember as a kid thinking that they were cool, but also being like sketched out. It's like that, almost like that uncanny valley thing because they would move around, but they, you knew like they were robots. <laughs> I don't know why that just freaked me out, but them being robots, like in big ass robots, just freaked me out as a little kid. And when I found out that they were making um, this movie, I was so excited because I'm like, dude, how did no one else think of this sooner? Yeah. Agreed. Like, it's such a fucking good idea. Because I think everybody was creeped out by them when they were kids. Like, yeah, we liked them. We went there. That was part of the reason we went there. But you never wanted to get too close to them. And the characters were really cool. The actors did really good. And fucking Matthew Lillard has returned to greatness. Like, I am so glad that we're starting to see him in shit again. Because... I don't know why people stopped casting him. I've loved him in everything that he's ever done, uh, including the fucking terrible 13 Ghosts. I was about to say. <laughs> uh, he, he was one of the only good parts of 13 him Ghosts. Him and the Ghosts. That's yeah. it. That's the only reason I watched that movie. But Well, a good thing, too, is he got cast as like the main bad guy. So yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not just like a side character, or, you know, a character, main character's family member. He's, he's one of the main... Main people in the movie. He's Stu Mocker again. He's the bad guy. Back at it. But yeah, man, I thought it was such a fucking good idea for a horror film. Uh, The only thing I would say about that movie is I really wish it was a rated R. And I wish we could get a rated R. But, you know, I understand that most a lot of the fans for that movie were not going to be able to see it as rated R. So, well, you know what? Fuck them. They'll grow up. They'll they'll get old enough. Yeah, maybe maybe we will get a rated R one eventually. I, but I would love to see this movie with some good brutal kills and some some actual goriness. Um, especially what they would be able to do with Snapchat. 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 <laughs> um, the the main guy. God, what's his name? I said it earlier. Snaptrap. Snaptrap. There we go. Um, what they would be able to do with him. As far as visually, I would love, love to see them make a rated R version of this going forward. I can't believe I had so much fun watching a PG-13 horror movie. Normally they're, you know, eh. But this movie, you know, this was a fun movie. 
that that's why I mean that's why it landed on this list is I had so much fun and I thought it was such a good idea and I am really happy uh, that they're making more. I'm I'm excited for more. Yeah, I think the horror for for those is in the animatronics, and you don't really need rated R for that. No, I th- I think for Snapchat, snap. I'm just gonna cut that shit the fuck out. Snap trap. <laughs> snap trap. Uh, what they could do with him, I don't know if they'll be able to do what I really hope they do with him, and it still be PG thirteen with being able to see his deteriorated body through the suit and stuff. You know, I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, the horror is definitely in the animatronics and they were able to pull that off. It's a PG 13. Uh, I would really though, I agree. I would love to see in the next one, uh, maybe an R rating. I don't know. I don't think they will. I think they'll probably keep them all PG 13 considering they started out PG-13, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, we'll see. So with that brings, we are on uh, number six. Yep. So my number six would be Saw X. Hmm. It's almost as if we haven't talked about this movie (laughs) enough recently. Yeah, I thought this was a great uh, return to the original Saw series. Uh, John Kramer. We got John Kramer back. Uh, I thought he was great in this movie. I love that we got a story that took place during the early films of the series, but it's kind of a side storyline. Uh, I love that they put hints of um, Amanda's downfall in there, as well as having Detective Hoffman in at the end, because where they're at in the actual storyline, uh, this taking place between the first and second one, they 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 put things in there to kind of hint towards right where they're at. Thought that was really cool. Um, you know, overall, the the practical effects, bringing that back, getting rid of the CGI, and it being a, it, it feeling like you're watching a Saw movie. That's it, one thing. Feeling like it's from, you know, fucking 2007, 2008, whatever. Yeah, and that's a big thing that they had they've gotten away from the last couple movies. Yeah, they they looked they looked too good. Yep, and I I know with covering this movie that they went into great depths to, mm-hmm. I mean they really went out of their way to do everything they could to make sure everything was done with practical effects and everything felt like those original movies, and they did. I mean the feel of the movie's great. You know I. I didn't care for the John Kramer being the good guy. I didn't even dislike that, really. I just thought they did too much. Yeah, they, they, thought they, they pushed, put a little... He He's a little bit too good. Yeah, they, they pushed that part a little bit too far. Like, the guy is a serial killer. Uh, you know, let's not pretend that he's like a, a, an archangel or something, but... I also thought it was really cool getting to see him outside of Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Like, we get to see the first third of this movie is him just in his everyday life. Just living. Know? He's just vibing. Or just dying is what he's doing. He's, you know, he finds out he's got cancer, and it's you really get to see the human side of him because they show how much and how desperate he really was to live. Like, he really didn't want to die. And he kind of forgets about the Saul thing, the whole Jigsaw thing, for for a good bit in the beginning of this movie. And I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah. What you put it at? You put it at number six. At number six. I think I put it at seven. Yeah. So we're we're pretty close. Close. I have a feeling that coming down the line, some of these are are going to be close. I know. What What did you have? You had your number six as. Uh, my number six is Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, that was number eight for me. So moving on, my number five w- is Talk to Me. Um, thought Talk to Me was a great movie. Uh, it feels super A twenty four. Like when you watch it, if it's you phenomenal, if you movie. had to watch it and then make a guess, A twenty of of what what movie company it was. Oh, you, it, you would totally think A twenty four. It has A twenty four written all over it, which is. Which is so weird because you know A twenty four didn't make the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, they just they picked just it, distributed it. Yeah, yeah, but um, but but up until this point, they've done distribution on all their movies. I know they're they're getting into starting making them now. Yeah, but they've been extremely consistent in the movies that they picked because they all have that A twenty four feel. Um, I thought that the story was amazingly written. Uh, I thought it was something fresh and original that we've never got. I love how the story uh, in the hand and the story parallels drug addiction and one's downfall. Yet they were able to write that into a legitimate scary movie. Uh, you know, you could watch that and not even catch that side of it. And it'd still be a really good scary movie. And the effects team on this movie absolutely killed it. The dead people are legitimately scary. Like some yeah. of the people you see in the movie... And it's almost a shame that they, some of them they didn't show very long because some of them are so scary. Like, I almost wish they would have got an extra second or two. On, on well, you screen. remember when we, when we covered it, um, we had came across, you know, one of the directors were saying that there is a version out there where they do show them for longer. And he was, you know, like, well, we kind of debated back and forth what, which version we wanted to show. And they ended up going with the ones where it's quicker because it's kind of scarier. And that's probably a really smart, that's a smart decision for somebody for their first time watching it. It's a really good idea to see that version. But then after you've seen it, you know, let us, let us see the other version now. Yeah. Because they did a really, really fucking good job with that. I mean, they probably spent seven or eight hours on some of these. uh, For like one or one or two seconds. Yeah. For literally one or two seconds. And uh, you know, I agree with you. First time seeing it, it's kind of scarier seeing it real quick. But now, I you know, I want my hands on the copy that show them longer. Well, it's just really fucking cool. I remember, you know, when we got it on DVD, uh, you almost want to keep, you almost want to watch the movie over and over again because you want to, because you know, you see more detail of them the more times you watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was a really smart decision. But yeah, I would. I wish that we could get our hands on the the longer version now. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, another thing the the characters I felt were were very authentic. That's one thing a lot of movies miss on. These characters felt like real people. Uh, you know, they felt like oh, definitely people you would know. Uh, the cinematography and the overall feel of the movie was, was fantastic. You know, it, it did a really good job at in certain moments of making you feel uncomfortable. And as mm-hmm. I've mentioned on the podcast many times before, a good movie is a movie that makes you actually feel something. Whether that's super uncomfortable, scared, uh, anxious, you know, whatever that is, 
if a movie can make you actually feel that it's it's generally a really good movie. You know, they as movie makers, they did their job and there's certain parts of this movie that are really really uncomfortable and uh, I thought it, I thought that was a great. Yep, great movie. So, number 5, my number 5. We are halfway through my list. Um my number 5 is Thanksgiving. And I never, ever thought that this movie would ever actually get made. And when I heard it was being made, I thought, there's no fucking way it's going to be like the Grindhouse trailer. I think this movie is better if you are familiar or had just watched the trailer. Because what they do with this is they take this... Because um, anybody that's a, that's a fan of either one of the Grindhouse movies... Uh, you you know you know you're familiar with a lot of the fake trailers that's in it because they're all they're all great they're outrageous but they're great but what they did was they took this just outrageous trailer and they literally wrote a fucking movie around it and then you think like I remember when I watched it I said there's no way that they're gonna have some of the stuff that they have in the trailer like the trampoline girl you know like. Because in the in the trailer, you know, she does a split and lands on the knife. And you're like, they're not going to put that in a movie. They damn near did. They did, and they did it beautifully, yeah. too. That's one of those scenes, and that particular scene that's like, you know, you kind of feel it when you see it. You're like, oh, that hurts. And then they had, you know, where um, where the, the turkey mascot's head gets cut off in the parade. And then they have, um, and then the one I really didn't think they were going to have was where... Uh, he pulls the sheet off, and it's the the woman that is baked and and dressed like a turkey. And I'm like, dude, there's no way they're gonna have a fucking movie with that in it. And they did. They made a fucking movie with that stuff in it, and they made a good movie and with they, it in it. Yeah, they pulled it off. I mean, that the her being stuffed and cooked on the dinner table. That's one of the most memorable scenes of the entire movie. Oh man, it's you know, yeah. I, if you have not seen this, just go to YouTube before you watch it and look up the Grindhouse Thanksgiving trailer. And then when you see this, you're going to be like, there's no way all this shit's in it. Or you're or you're just going to be even more excited because you're about to see a whole movie with all this shit in it. It makes the movie really awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that so many people were excited and remembered that trailer because I'm pretty sure Grindhouse is from like 2007. And I mean, it's only like a, two and a half minute long trailer in a movie from 2007. So I could see a lot of people not really remembering it all that much, but apparently people did remember it and they were excited. And this movie got fucking made and it's good. It's a good movie. Like, you know, the, the plot's not great, but they had to write the plot around something that they made as a joke. Yeah. It's, it's also, I mean, it's, it's a slasher movie. You know, you don't have to have in-depth, no, super no, awesome no. plots for a good slasher movie. There's certain ingredients that you need in there, like a good killer, good practical effects, things like that, good kills, and it has that. And they were able to take this trailer that was put in there to kind of be a, you it's know, a funny. Joke. It's a joke. Yeah. And they were able to take that and literally write a story around it and it be a good movie. That's impressive. Yeah, I can't remember if it's a trailer on Planet Terror. I'm pretty sure it's on Planet Terror. 
Um, because I love, I fucking love Death Proof. That is a phenomenal movie. I, I do, Planet Terror is okay. It's a little kind of crazy sometimes, but um, I remember when they announced this that I remember the trailer, but I didn't remember all the details from it. So I went back and watched it, and I'm like, there's no fuck. This is going to be a movie that's similar to this trailer, but it's not going to be this. And they did it. The only, my only complaint, I have two complaints about it. One, I think the final girl was kind of forgettable. I wasn't really a big fan of the final girl in the movie. Um, She's all right, I guess. But I remember the first time I seen the movie, I was like, I couldn't pick her out of a lineup. She's just one of those. She's one of them. She, she's no Nancy. Yeah. Um, And then I really wish that it would have kept the, the grindhouse feel to it. But I get why they didn't do it, because not everybody's into that style. I would have loved it. I would have loved this movie even more. But yeah, uh, it, it's amazing. Somebody gets cooked alive like a fucking turkey. That's all you need to know. That's it. And she's a bitch, too, so it yep. just makes it even that much better. Yeah, but that's uh, Thanksgiving gets my number five spot. Number four, Scream 6. After Scream 5... I did not have high expectations for six. I'm not saying five was bad, but it it wasn't great. And I will never, ever forgive them for killing my man Dewey. And never going to let that go. Not just killing him. They did him wrong. They did do him wrong. I thought, not to get too far into that, but the whole like making him this loser that lives in a trailer and it's kind of... Uh, hinted that he's kind of an alcoholic. He's lost his wife, and and then they kill him after doing that. He doesn't even get like a good redemption. Yeah, you remember that thing where they where they he was supposed to be an alcoholic originally, and David Arquette actually put yeah. his foot down and was like, "No, no, no, no." And uh, you know, I can't believe they they did that. Like, I personally would rather have seen Dewey outlive the whole rest of the cast. No fucking respect nope no fucking respect for dewey and that is absurd my man my man uh dewey uh riley dewey riley like that's do, sad do you even scream bro yeah do you even scream you but, wrote you wrote that you can't be a huge fan if you wrote that movie yeah but you know not i don't hate five five's okay we could honestly i could have did without it but this movie I like this movie. The plot, nah, whatever. Don't care. It, it's it's not bad. It's not great. And I'm not a huge fan of the ending. But it has a couple really awesome things going for it. The new mask was fucking awesome. I never thought that they would be able to change the ghost face mask and everybody be cool with it. I, I thought, you know, if before this movie, if I could have said... You know, one of the major mistakes that you could make making a new screen movie is changing the mask. And they did it and it worked. It was great. Um, the whole entire like old theater ghost face murder museum. Amazing. That is the crown jewel of that movie, in my opinion. The fact that you can watch those scenes and like look at stuff like uh, in the background and know what movie it's from if you're a big fan. Awesome. The old costumes on display. Amazing. 
Uh, they mentioned all the previous killers. Excellent. Uh, and Ghostface, in my opinion, is a fucking savage in this movie. Like, he he kills people with shotguns in public. Fucking sawed-off shotgun at that. Yeah. Good uh, shit. Yeah, and, and then I will say, too, the New York setting was used very well. A lot of movies try to do, you know, so-and-so goes to New York, and then, you you know... It, you don't really, it doesn't really seem like they're using the New York setting all that great. Uh, this one did a really good job. And it was, it took place during fucking Halloween. We got a ghost face killer during Halloween. Yeah, I really like this movie for all that stuff. I can, I can look past the plot. I can look past the ending. Um, and honestly, I'll say something controversial. I, I liked that Sidney Prescott wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I think I think it's time that we move on from the Sidney Prescott story. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but it doesn't make sense that Ghostface like, you know, fucking what do we seven ghost faces in now. Yeah, no they're trying to kill the same the same the same person. You know, no, let's just move on. No franchise has ran with the same person for that long, you know. Like the the Andy Barkley story had had to come to an end. Um, you you look the same thing with the Friday the Thirteenth. The first three movies kind of matched together. You're not going after Alex yep. for seven movies. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And it's it's um, it's it's definitely yeah. I mean, it's just time, man. Like three yep. three movies in the same saga. That's kind of the limit, and they pushed that limit past that they you know they went they have five what five movies in the sydney prescott saga yeah she's in five of them yeah i i think it was definitely you know you don't have to you don't have to kill her off people don't want to see her die whatever you don't have to kill her off but you can have a a a a new saga with the same character yeah you know, with with this movie, because they included so much from all of the previous movies, if this was the last Scream movie we ever got, I'd be fine. I'd be okay with it. You know that I don't I don't know where they're gonna go from here because I mean they busted out the original mask from the original murders. They had every murderer's fucking costume and mask. They had everything from all the crime scenes from all the movies before. You know, I thought it was a good spot to be done. I don't know how they're going to top, you know, what they did. But, yeah, this is why Scream 6 uh, lands pretty pretty high up on my list is because, yeah, you know, I don't really, the characters are okay, uh, the story's okay, but the stuff, it's almost like they paid homage to the whole entire franchise, and that's what I loved about it. Agreed. Agreed so much. <laughs> that my part four is also Scream We're going to talk more about Scream. <laughs> and pretty much everything you just said was what I was going to say. Oh, I stole all your so, thunder. Yeah, you, you did. Uh-huh. Um, I went into this movie with extremely low expectations, um, and I was very relieved at what we got. You know my opinion on five. You just said you don't care for five. You know I even like it less than that i remember we we went and seen five and then like two months later i was like yeah you remember this from the screen movie and you're like i don't remember it i blocked it out <laughs> it was so bad it's like we just it's, seen it. it was so bad and it had like some really like uh 
campy, like it was done for like the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, you, well, you know how I feel about that movie so much that I blocked it out. wasn't It wasn't very positive for you guys that don't know. <laughs> no, um, to. It's it's the worst one in the Scream series for me. I will Scream agree. I will definitely not, agree with that. Not going to go into throwing jabs at it any more than I already have. It's it's the worst one. So going into this, and then I heard it was going to be in New York. So I'm like, oh well, that's even more possibilities for them to make this fucking stupid. And they pulled it off extremely well. Yeah. You know, you think of the New York. You think of the Jason goes to Manhattan, where you know only a only the last quarter of it actually takes place in New York. Uh, they actually pulled the scream in New York off, and they pulled it off very well. Uh, there is some some things about this movie that I don't care for uh, in the writing, but the having the all the costumes from the other movies, having the fallen apart mask. You know, this oh, is the phenomenal. First, the first movie we've ever gotten where there was a different variation of the mask, other than, you know, Fun House's slightly slight, different yeah. molds. This was the first time, other than the clean white and black that we've ever got. And it looked really cool. Well, this like, is, it was fucking awesome looking. This is really the first time we've seen something different since the Casey Becker mask. Remember, because remember, that one is different. Yeah. It's the one that they, Wes Craven had made. And that wasn't even meant to be different. Yeah. Like, that was literally just what they made before. They made that, and Wes Craven was like, nope, we got to strike a deal with Funhouse. Yeah. Like, it, it's just not the same. And I really thought, you know, for so long, because I remember when 5 came out, they had they had a small spot in the trailer where they showed the, like, the chrome face, ghost face, and people were pissed. And I was like, you'll never be able to change that fucking mask. Mm-mm. And they did it. They successfully did it in this well, movie. Well, I think what made it successful is they, they didn't necessarily change the mask. They aged it. Like, yeah. it was it was a, a mask that previous ghost faces wore. It was the same mask. It was just aged. And I thought they could have fucked that up in a lot of ways by making it look ridiculous. They didn't. I thought it looked really cool. Bringing back like the 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 Ghostface Museum with all the different killers oh, costumes yeah, and shit. Uh, I thought there was no better way for them to pay homage to the franchise as a whole than than that, and that is what gives this movie some extra points for me. There's definitely some things in the writing that I would have changed. Nothing major. There's nothing major that I'm like, oh my god, I fucking hate. That. Other than everybody living, that's the only thing I hated about it. That that's I'll that's say most I people's really complaint. Yeah, hated about it is everybody who should have died didn't die. You didn't kill off any major characters. I I don't like that. I don't like when somebody gets stabbed and it's very obvious they should be dead and they just miraculously are able to live through it. Kind of gives this. Uh, this thing that kind of like anything's possible. Like you never know. It's Dewey going to be alive in the next one. Is he going to, is he would never actually died. Uh, he ended up living, <laughs> you know, it, I, I don't like that. But other than that, everything else about this movie, I thought was, was great. Um, I absolutely loved 
the brutality of Ghostface in this movie. The kills, the practical effects were great. The feel of the movie was great. Definitely, uh, definitely one of the best movies to come out this year. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the kills, like, there is a scene where a guy opens a refrigerator and there's a fucking head in there. There is another scene where they, like, run through a bathroom when he's, like, attacking them all in an apartment. And there's, like, in the background, a guy in a fucking bathtub with fucking blood and shit. Like, I mean, he's, like, he's, like, almost dismembered. There, There's just so many, there are just so many, like, br- brutal things in this movie that we've never seen in a Ghostface movie, so. If, if they would have killed Gail Weathers, this would probably be <laughs> higher up on my list. This may yeah. be. This would be in the top three if they would have just killed Gail Weathers. Mm. But of course, she gets almost killed for the fiftieth time. And uh, but it's a great movie. Uh, one, I, great, I liked definitely it. one of the better ones this year. So moving on from that, my number three, which might be a little surprising to you, uh, my number three was Hell House Origins. Oh man, you 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 threw that way up there. Yes, I did. Um, I love found footage movie. And this was a huge surprise for me because I had seen the other hell houses and they've never even come close to what this one did for me. Um, you know, found footage has to get so many things right for it to be really successful. One of them being the characters, the characters have to be, uh, very authentic I thought they uh, were, too. Yeah. Yes, they were. Like, you look at the best found footage movie ever made, The Blair Witch Project, they, they were as authentic as they could be. Mm-hmm. They were really living these, these situations out. So you got to have authentic characters, and whoever does your cinematography and sets up your shots, it has to be done perfect because it has to be believable. It has to be believable that certain things got in the shot. You have to know what to leave out of the shot. It has to feel real, and when you get those things done right, as if you were watching a real video, and they, you know, they nailed that. And with that said, this movie's characters, like with the clowns and the the girl, one of the family members who had died, it is it's actually terrifying. It's one of the scariest scenes in movies. That I've actually seen in probably, uh, you know, a, a couple of years. I thought it, it's rare at this point in my life that I watch a movie and it really, really does put me on the edge of my seat. And this was one of them. The scenes with the clowns, like where. Oh, they're creepy. Where you're looking at them and it almost looks like they're moving. You know, I, I originally thought, like, are them people just standing really still? It looks like that. Yeah. Like they do it so good. You're like, your brain starts playing tricks on itself. Like, I think I just seen that slightly move, but did I? And the buildup, the buildup in this, I thought was done uh, masterfully. I, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's one of the few movies that I've seen as of recent found footage movies that I've seen as of recent that was legitimately horrifying and put me on the edge of my seat. And I would consider this, if you're a found footage fan, this is an absolute must-watch for you. I, You know, speaking on the characters, one thing I really liked about them was, you, you know, some of these characters were like, you know, we should get the fuck out of here kind of as soon as things got creepy. And... 
you know, uh, that doesn't happen a lot with found footage movies or ghost movies, you know. You actually have more realistic characters that's trying to convince the other people, you know, fuck this, we should just leave. And then uh, a little bit later on, um, you see the two characters finally are like, you know what, fuck it, we're going to walk out of here. Like our car, we can't get our car to start, we can't get a hold of anybody, fuck it, we'll just walk. And I feel like they really do... They really do seem like real people with their decision making. Like they're all different. They can't all agree. Uh, you know, only one of them really, really, really wants to kind of give up everything to be there. The rest of them are just really there in support. Once things go too far, you know, they finally can convince the other one to leave. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I just thought that the it wasn't one of those movies where you're kind of screaming at the characters of like, well, if I was in this situation, I'd fucking have left by now, or I would have tried to get that other person to leave by now. Yeah, it's, it's extremely authentic. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Like I said, you look at the uh, the original Blair Witch, they try to get the fuck out of there very early on, and everything they try doesn't work. Like, they're they're stuck. And it's like night two in this movie, and they go to leave. They're like, all right, you know, night two, shit's gotten too crazy. Let's fucking leave. And then the car doesn't work. And then they start walking, and they get, uh, you know, basically stalked by this group of people who run them back into the house. And they try everything that you would try as an audience member if you were in this situation. They actually try it. And it also creates turmoil within the group. And there's there's always going to be that. There's going to be people who try to blow it off at first and people who's like, let's get the fuck out of here. And uh, it was very authentic characters. And like I said, the cinematography that has to be done right in found footage movies, I thought they nailed in this movie. Everything. There's no scenes that I see that I'm like, that just didn't make sense. Like, why would why would that be on video? Like, they have a reason. They're doing this, this documentary thing. They have a reason of why they're they're supposed to be filming everything. And it all makes sense. Uh, Yeah, man, you put that one up. That was your number three? That was my number three. Uh, so my number three is When Evil Lurks. Wow, what a, a fucking movie this was. Like, this was the sleeper hit that no one saw coming. And this movie... If you haven't seen it, it's fucking savage. Like, it did things that most movies are scared to do. A child gets tore up and dragged away by a dog. A woman chops herself in the face with an axe. And a zombie mom eats her fucking son's brains. Like, you you could go on and on with how, like, fucked up this movie is. Uh, I mean, this film had some balls. And it used practical effects, like really, really good practical effects. And it you it had a, like a really unique plot. Um, it had like the whole like evil possession thing, like spreading like a virus. And there are like uh, like protocols that you need to follow to contain it. And you know, at one point, like it had like almost taken over the world. And then we, it was you know, it was almost like uh like evil Ebola. And that is such a unique idea. I thought it was extremely original. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a fucking home run movie. And, and it has, a, a, a like, icing on the cake. It has a fucking great ending. Yeah. It has, like, a fucking savage ending. 
The only complaint I ever seen people complain about with this movie was basically like, well, all these events take place because of the stupidity of the main characters. But you got to remember, like, if you look at something like COVID, there are people out there that do make bad choices when something is like this is going on. Like, that's not that's not to sit and say, well, these characters aren't realistic because they're making bad decisions. People make bad decisions every fucking day. Well, hindsight's yeah. always twenty twenty. Yeah, too. you know, you you don't really know that something's that bad of a decision until after you've made it. If you knew it was before you made the decision, you probably would have thought differently. Yeah, I remember when you know. I think I even talked about it on the show where I had, I, I turned it on. I mean, I seen it like the day after it came out on. Um, it came out on I think on Shutter, and uh, I had seen like two or three posts about it. And I was like, well, I'm not even going to look into the movie. I'm just going to watch it. And I watched it and I didn't know the whole thing was in Spanish. And, uh, you know, so I had to like five minutes in, I realized it was going to be in Spanish. So I had to go back and then turn the subtitles on. But, um, I was so worried that this was going to turn a lot of people off because a lot of people don't want to read subtitles, the whole movie. And I was like, man, I really hope that people don't sleep on this movie because they don't want to read for, you know, an hour and a half or so. And and thankfully, they didn't. Like, people fucking watched this movie. Like, it, it exploded after that. Yeah, this, this came out of nowhere. Oh, this for sure. Was, this was like, uh, you remember in Jackass, one of the movies where they're walking through the hall and they build the giant hand that swings yeah, and yeah, smacks yeah. the fuck out of everybody? Mm-hmm. That was what this movie did. Like... Nobody's seen it coming, and it it absolutely blew up. Um, I was one of those people who put this movie off because it was just in Spanish and I had to read the whole thing, not because I mind reading the movie, but because I have kids, and this is one of those movies, if you have kids, you got to read the whole thing. You can't get distracted or get up and do something for a second and listen because you got to be reading it the whole time. And uh, I I wish that I would have watched it even sooner than I did because it was, it was that good. I think I put it off for like a week. It was yeah, like, it was it was something like, like that. Because I remember I would come in like every day and like, have you watched it yet? Because like, I, no. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. And uh, you finally watched it. Now I, I remember you were wa- you guys were watching it, and I walked in there and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna watch." You'd already watched half of it. I'm like, I'm just gonna watch half of it again. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I wish that they, they would have English dubbed it because there's there's some shows out there that are English dubbed that are so good you forget that they're they're not in English. Um, I would love to see an English version of this movie, but I there's I don't think there's any way that they could ever touch the original. So I wouldn't want to see them make like a a U.S. version of it just because it, it's such a good movie. I don't think they could touch it. Well, you know, I'm going to, I'll stop talking about it right there because I'm sure it's going to pop up again here very soon. So. Oh, I, I, left, I actually left it off my list. Oh, well. I did okay. English only movies. All right. <laughs> uh, so we'll move on to my number two. My number two is Talk to Me. You know, it's this is a unique spin on a possession movie. I've said it many times. I'm not a fan of possession movies. Uh, you know, I feel like it's so hard to touch The Exorcist, which is a, a you know, an amazing, amazing film. And it does so much stuff 
so well. And I feel like almost every possession movie just tries to kind of replicate it and it misses the mark. And I feel like I just, I'm watching the same movie over and over again. This is a possession movie that does its own thing. And I think that that's so rare nowadays. Um, one of the things I really like is, is we, we mentioned it earlier that the characters are realistic and, you know, you have this unique spin on the story. I will, I could totally see a 17 year old me like going to one of these parties and would have absolutely grabbed that fucking hand. I know it. I know I would have, I would have did it. I can see myself in that group. Cause you did drugs. <laughs> That's how you know it. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, and I, I, even though it's, it's, it's geared more towards the younger generation. Uh, I, I think every generation's the, the one thing that remains the same, no matter how generations change or technology changes is we're all kind of with that group of friends. We all want to be cool. We all want to sneak out and go to the parties and, uh, you know, we all want to be adventurous when we're younger and that never changes. So I felt like I could relate to the characters really well. And I, I would have been right in the thick of it with with them. You know, maybe not their exact situation, but I'd have been at that fucking party. Yeah, that, that's why I mentioned when I, when I added on my list that the characters are, are very authentic. Um, one thing, because it, it is the younger generation, and one thing I hate with a lot of movies, I feel like Scream 5 did this. I feel like a lot of the movies geared towards the younger generation, they they oversell it. Like, they make it, they, they oversell it so much. It's like they, they take these tropes that are known with the younger generation and things like social media and stuff, and they just blow, blow it out of proportion. And they make it such a big part of the story where it doesn't feel genuine although these characters are young and there is the social media presence in the people video it's really on the beginning it feels real though like it still feels like real characters like they're not they're not overwritten to be a certain way and in that way it was just it's just very uh authentic to me well all that stuff is you know i love all that stuff about the movie and i love how unique it is but that's not the reason that it, it hit my number two spot. The, the reason that it is so high up on my list is because this is one of those movies that you can watch multiple fucking times and keep picking up stuff. And those are my favorite movies. Those are good. And, and it also has one of those endings where you can debate with somebody about the ending and there's no like guarantee that either person is right and you will you will watch the movie multiple times to try to prove that your version is right and then you even start to see you know the other person or other people's um theories and you can you you can start seeing why they think that like it's done the story's done so well that i now can't even say definitively definitively what i believe happened oh yeah i, re- I remember we debated the ending uh, yeah and there's an episode while. about it <laughs> and then and then you came in and was like i think you're right well i, I, I remember right. saying i i think <laughs> you're right about this part of it like i still have not uh given up the fact that i think she pushed she pushed her friend out in traffic i haven't given that part up 
But um, I, I remember I did agree with uh, what you were saying about uh, kind of the lead up to it or something. But yeah, this is one of those movies that you watch it the first time. I guarantee you, you didn't catch everything. You, you got to watch it a second time. And then you probably didn't catch everything then. Like I've seen the movie three or four times. And I feel like I got a pretty good handle on it now. But I love the movies that are like that. That is, that is why it hit my number two. Yeah, it's a f- fantastic movie. Um, then you know you you take it you take it how it is. It's a great movie, and then whenever you realize that it's it's the whole thing is written to kind of parallel, you know what it's like for kids and drug addictions and people to fall down that hole, and how it can be, uh, you know, a recreational thing for some people. For most people, yeah. And then it, you know, ruins somebody else's life, and you see that downward downward spiral that somebody goes through. And I thought that they they were able to mirror the idea of addiction and use the hand as a metaphor for that, but write it in a, a movie that was scary. Like, if you told me that idea, I'd be like, yeah... You know, you could probably make an all right movie, uh, you know, but how scary is it going to be? They were able to do that and make a really cool, really scary, really original movie. Props to them for that. Yeah. And it's and it's A24. Um, so my number two is going to be When Evil Lurks. Mm. Uh, it's an all right movie. Yeah, it's an all right movie. The effects uh, are kind of weak. Yeah. You know, like we were saying... We've already talked about a lot of what I what I put down here, but like we were saying, this movie completely uh, came out of nowhere. I will say that I love about this movie how we are dropped in the middle of these characters' lives. We have no build up. They don't. We don't have anything that kind of explains what's going on. You know, we don't have like a beginning. Uh, Uh, a beginning intro scene that kind of gives us an idea of where we're at. You're literally dropped in the story and you learn kind of what's going on throughout the story. Yeah. Yeah. You have no idea in the beginning what they're even talking about. Yeah. It has this whole backstory that they do fill you in a little bit later on, but there's, there's way more to that story than what we get. Yep. Yeah. You're dropped into the middle of the story and you you just you have absolutely no fucking clue what's going on and as you continue to get through the story you you they do a really good job of kind of going over what happened and i thought it was a really good original idea thought it was something that uh was a mix of things that have been done but something that had never been done like that yeah, one of the cool things they did is, uh, you know, within the first, you know, what, five minutes or so, they go into the woods and they find this guy torn in half and he has all this equipment. And I remember looking at that equipment and being like, what the fuck is that? And you spend so much of the movie, like, I guess you eventually kind of forget about it. But if you don't, you'll spend a lot of the movie remembering that and being like, how does that shit tie into what's going on? You don't really understand until the like almost the end of the movie when that lady starts setting the shit up, which we still don't know what that shit exactly does. Yeah. Like we never actually see how this device works. And 
Yeah, there's like a special way to kill them, and you got to do it a certain way. And we or, never see it. Yeah, or you'll like kill yourself immediately. You'll be possessed, and and we, you literally, and until the end when they get with that lady, you have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I I totally don't have a problem. I know a lot that probably annoys a lot of people, but I think that that's really good storytelling when I'm spending a lot of time piecing together the story myself based off of, you know, little clues. It makes it more realistic because if you did just show up to that scene and and people are talking, that's how people talk in real life. And you're not there's not going to be somebody that's going to walk up and fill you in on everything right then and there. You know, yeah. that's really good. That's really realistic storytelling. Then they're they're talking about like the infected and so you instantly think, okay, this is a zombie movie. Uh, and then they get to the house and they show the guy who is infected for the first time. And it is like, when you see that you're instantly back to, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? When they first show that guy on the bed, it is like a jaw dropping moment. Like you don't expect to see what you see. Um, thought that was, you know, the the whole way that they set this movie up it was very carefully done and I thought it was masterfully done. Uh the practical effects crew deserves an award for this movie. Um there's so many different parts of this movie that I thought the effects were extremely good. And like the 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 girl when the dog snatches her up, like you don't see that shit coming. Oh no, that's that's fucking mind-blowing and they do it so good like they do it really good and i think what i love the most about this movie is they go places that other movies wouldn't go because they're they're trying to say that this is truly evil this is evil itself and a lot of movies try to play that off and it's like okay this this really does seem like evil yeah. Everything that this thing does is fucking evil. And nobody's, like, kids aren't off limits. Nope. Like, none of that. Nothing's like, off kids limits. kids getting its fucking brains eaten. Little girls getting, like, literally ragdolled by adult. Like, they go places that other movies kind of draw the line at. And they did it, and it, it's, it's, there's certain parts of this movie that has the shock factor that, because you're not used to, as an audience, movies going that far. And when you see it, you're like, holy shit. And, you know, those things combined with the overall feel. This movie's got a really, like, dark tone, dark feel to it. I It's, it's undoubtedly, uh, for me, the second best movie of the year. One of the better movies that's come out in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's fantastic. And with that said, my number one... Which I am assume is probably going to be your number Prob- one, Probably going to be the same. So we're going to get to just can... talk about this whole entire movie here. Yeah, um, I don't think we, you could miss this on the top ten. Uh, Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, my number one is Evil Dead Rise. We'll, we'll go ahead and have a conversation about it at the same time. Yeah, when so you probably remember when I first heard that they were doing Evil Dead in the middle of the city... I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I remember you were not very excited about it. I was not happy. Uh, There's there's so many ways that they could have fucked this movie up and so little room to get it right. And they absolutely killed it. 
they didn't overcomplicate the story. Uh, the acting was great. The cinematography was great. The practical effects were amazing. Most importantly, they maintained the feel of an Evil Dead movie. Like, that was what I was most worried about, is how are you going to get that Evil Dead, like, cabin in the woods, evils, you know, uh, you know, pure evils taking people over, and the, how do you get that, that same feel in, in the middle of an apartment building in a city? And they pulled it off, and I was extremely impressed you know, overall, undoubtedly for me, uh, the best movie of the year. And honestly, one of the best in the Evil Dead franchise. You know, I'm not going to put it over the original Evil Dead, but I think it stands right up there with the remake, undoubtedly. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that there are people that are screaming through their speakers at us right now, but... um. I don't think either one of us are Evil Dead mega fans. I love the first one. It's one of the first horror movies I actually owned as a kid. Um, the second one is good, but I'll be honest, and I, you know, I love the two thousand two thousand thirteen remake. I I like my Evil Deads without the comedy. I'm not a big fan of the comedy that they that they put in there. Agree. 100%. I like just be, I like it just to be horror. You know, that's how I like my Evil Dead. It's just straight fucking horror. And I know that that's probably not the majority of Evil Dead fans. No. Um, and, you know, yeah, we we may be on the outskirts of Evil Dead fandom. But, you know, the first one, the remake, this one. Like, the these are how I like my Evil Dead. It's just fucking fucked up, violent, deadites doing fucked up shit like that is how i like my movies this movie is uh i remember you weren't excited about the apartment but i was i remember saying you know we've done the woods a few times now and i was really excited to see what deadites were going to be like in an apartment building and they exceeded my expectations for what for what happened I just, I you know, I thought the feel was going to be bad. I'm like, how are you going to get the Necronomicon in an apartment building? Thought they wrote that in really well. You know, I, I, I'm i with you 100%. I know there's a ton of the Ash fans and the Ash versus Evil Dead and the, the comedy ones. Um, I, you know, the original Evil Dead is one of my favorite classic horror movies. Um, you owned it when I was a kid. I remember watching it. It scared the shit out of me. It will forever hold a special place in my heart. That's how I like my Evil Dead. Like I don't like the the comedy aspect of it that they add in the the later movies. Um, and this didn't have it. This was straight up horror, and I thought they did an amazing job to be able to make the story make sense, maintain that feel, and still have a kick-ass fucking Evil Dead movie. And they pulled it off. Yeah, one thing about this movie, too, is I actually really liked all the characters in the movie. To the point where I would feel a little bad about when they got possessed. Especially the mom. You know, the mom was a good character. Like, she was a single parent. Her fucking, her husband fucked her over. 
her sister, uh, when she needed her sister, her sister was kind of so entrenched in her own life. And she's really just trying to raise her kids. And she becomes the first one to get possessed. And in this movie, you know, there's no redemption. There's no like, well, you know, they saved her and uh, in the end, like none of these, none of these people in this movie have a good ending. Um, it is a very uh, fucked up situation, and that is what Evil Dead should be. Absolutely. Know? And uh, the effects and the kills in this are awesome. You know, like we get somebody who chews on a fucking light bulb. We get a cheese grater to the leg. We get an elevator. Full of blood. Yeah, the amount of blood they went through in this movie was was great. Yeah, I loved it. There's a wood chipper, there, and the wood chipper scene isn't isn't done weak either. No, like it's real like chunks of body parts and shit flying out, like guts and stuff. I thought all all the all the gory scenes, even the the you know chewing on glass, uh, they did a really good job of those scenes. Of making you feel really uneasy and uncomfortable, and amping it up at certain points when they really needed to, like with the wood chipper scene. Yeah, I I th- I, I was one hundred percent wrong. You know, I'll admit that I I had very very I went into the movie theaters with very low expectations, and maybe that's why I rank it as high as I do. Because yeah, that's always it's always better to go in with low expectations and uh, it be a good movie than to go in with high expectations and it be a bad movie. But yeah, I was I was completely happy with the way this came out. Yeah, you know, I was super excited when I seen it was coming out. It didn't disappoint me. Uh, I had a ton of fun watching it. You know, that is my. Like I said, that's how I designed my list. That is why I picked this movie for number one is because I had so much fun. Like I've seen this movie at least three times this year and there is not a single time where it's gotten old yet. Um, This was hands down my favorite, most fun movie of the year. Uh, Yeah, there was just, it was nothing that topped it. You know, there was movies that I had a lot of fun watching or I really enjoyed, but I really, really loved this movie, and I think, personally, this was the best movie of the whole entire year. All hail Evil Dead Rise. Uh, Yeah, so those are our top ten picks of the year. Um, We're going to do a little bit of honorable mentions. So, my honorable mentions is, uh, I had Cobweb up there. It was originally on my list for a while, and it eventually got knocked off, but... Uh, I think on my extended list, it fell at number 11. Um, I did uh, go also with Insidious the Red Door. A good movie. I'm not a big Insidious fan, but I can see that if you are, you probably love this movie. Like the fact that it brought back that original cast and kind of just picked right up from, you know, where those other movies left off. And then the thing that I thought was really cool was um, after the events of the first and second one, I believe, it showed that the family did not have like that happily ever after ending. And, th- and that is the reason why I gave it an honorable mention was it really showed that this fucked up event happened to this family and it wasn't okay afterwards. You know, it fucked that family up for probably ever. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree 100%. That was one of the movies I was going to mention. 
specifically for that reason is that it has this like there's not that happily ever after it's an extremely grim like after the events of the first and second movie you find out for this family everything went to shit yep and that you know that makes a really cool story dynamic i think it's realistic Mm. you know it's not it's not fake movie bullshit like it's it's realistic uh, and my last honorable mention uh, is The Fall of the House of Usher, which is amazing. Um, I didn't include, we, we didn't include stuff like this on our top 10 list because an hour and a half, two hour movie can't really compete with 10 hours. You know, you can do a lot more with 10 hours than you can anything else. But this movie is a, is, is a tight, well-written story. The actors nailed it. The cinematography is amazing. The color palette, the effects, the sound, like everything is on point. I was expecting a good quality miniseries from Mike Flanagan, and he exceeded my expectations with this. Yeah, that the the fall of the House of Usher is what I feel is the <clears throat> the best uh, horror show that has come out since Midnight Mass. There's been some good ones since then. Um, yeah, From has done a really well job. Every everything Mike Flanagan's done and his entire Netflix run has been really good. There's been a bunch of other great mo- or shows that's come out since then, but I don't think anything has come close to that level of perfection that uh, Midnight Mass did for me uh, until this. Yeah, but it was it's fantastic. Uh, knocked it out of the park, especially for being our last Netflix uh, miniseries from Mike Flanagan, and he he really did a fantastic job. So for my honorable mentions, um, I was gonna throw out Insidious for those uh, very same reasons. Um, VHS eighty five. I know we already talked about that a bit. Uh, that was one of your picks. Uh, I thought it was the best VHS that's come out in a long time. Um, and I was really happy to see them uh, return to some success. Uh, another one, uh, No One Will Save You. I know that that is a movie that you didn't care for because it didn't have a lot of dialogue in yeah. it. But I thought for a alien, kind of like a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, and starting to get harassed by aliens. There was some really, really, really good high-tension moments in that show or in that movie. And uh, I thought it was good. I thought it played that off really good. I thought even the aliens that they had were really creepy, really good. We didn't get a whole lot of uh, extraterrestrial alien movies this year, and this is one that I think was done really well. I hated some things that they did at the end as far as the story goes, which is why it didn't rank on my list or get a higher rating. But overall, the feel of it, I thought the feel of the movie was was really good and it was really well done. And then obviously the fall of the House of Usher. But, you know, that's if we were ranking that with movies, that would probably take the number one spot. That's that show was great. Well, those are our picks for 2023. Uh, if any of your favorite movies did not make this list, it is a not a knock on them. It's not us saying that they were bad or we, we didn't like them. Uh, these are just the movies that we had the most fun watching and, you know, we braided really well. It's just kind of our cup of tea. Um, and speaking 
of Not Our Cup of Tea, we got the I Just Didn't Get the Hype Award. My pick for it was Megan. Um, You know, the AI girl doll who gets way too clingy and obsessive and starts murdering people. Uh, I'm not going to say the movie's bad. It's not bad. It's nothing new, uh, I, I guess. Um, I feel like just a couple years ago, we got like the same movie with the Child's Play remake. I felt like it was that same same movie, but it's you know was a a girl doll and dressed up in outfits and she dances before she kills people and can like low key throw shade with the best of them, you know. But I thought it was a predictable movie. Um, and not everything needs to be groundbreaking, but it needs to be fun. And it was a fun movie, but it for me it just it wasn't that fun. Like, I, I just didn't get the hype of why people liked it so much. So that was my pick. I'm going with Megan. Well, I had two movies that I I was back and forth on. Um, the first one being The Exorcist Believer. And the, the reason I went back and forth is because I've seen a lot of people down this movie, too. So this is supposed to be I didn't get the hype. A lot of people hated this movie. But the other half of it hyped it. It's like you either loved or hated this movie. And based off of the box office, it it made a fuck ton of money. So there was obviously some hype there. And I thought, and I predicted this before the movie came out from the time I seen the first trailer. But they didn't run with any of the original themes from the original Exorcist. They kind of made it just like every... uh, Catholic possession movie that comes yeah. out now. Yep. And it was just, yeah, I mean, it was much of the same of stuff that's already been done. Shit tons of CGI body contortions and uh, really bad uh, sound, you know, using effects over the voices and stuff. It was just awful. Uh, however, because a lot of people felt the same way, and this was a uh, I didn't get the hype award. My pick ultimately ended up being Megan for the same reason. (laughs) And I picked it because on a lot of the list that I read of top 10 movies, Megan was not only on most of them, it was up there in the top five movies on quite a few of them that I looked at. I I don't get it. I just, I don't understand it either. Um, If you're going to put it in your top 10, if you like the movie, that's cool. You know, if it if that's your thing, it's your thing. But I did not think that there wasn't five movies that came out this year that were obviously better than that, even if that is your thing. I felt like I rolled my eyes one too many times throughout that movie for it to hit my top ten. No, I agree. Yeah, I, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, honestly, it didn't come anywhere near because I did. I I did my list based off of ratings, so I rated every movie that I watched this year, and there was a lot of them that came out this year, and it didn't even come close to my top yeah. 10. Uh, all right, well, next we're going to talk about our plans for 2024. So uh, we have massively upgraded everything for the show. We got new mixers. We got uh, really nice quality microphones. We got new headphones. We literally upgraded everything about $1,100 worth. Um, hopefully you can tell because uh, 
you know, this episode, the next episode uh, we did on all the new equipment. So we are definitely looking forward to uh, better production quality this year. Uh, We are also going to be doing the Patreon where we can try out some other ideas and we got a couple series that we've, you know, we've always wanted to do them and now we're going to start kind of trickling them out there. Um, So we got what I call Tales from the Script series where we are going to do uh, a Tales from the Crypt episodes. We're going to start with season one. We're going to go from there. Uh, and it's pretty much, you know, we'll we'll watch an episode and we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the plot and kind of talk about a lot of the funny shit and a, a lot of the effects and stuff that we're going to go through. It won't be like as thorough as uh, kind of we do our movies because I don't think there's a ton of information per episode, but I think it's just going to be something fun. And I think we're going to come across a lot of really funny shit in those older, cheap made horror shows and I have always loved Tales from the Crypt. It's kind of one of our things that got us really into horror when we were younger was was Tales from the Crypt. So that's going to be fun. And we have a fuck ton of Tales from the Crypt episodes to go through. So that's something that we were going to be able to do for a long time. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of comedy. Oh, that. yeah. There's a lot of uh, rough shit in, in those. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of really good classic episodes, too. Of oh, Tales yeah. Tales from the Crypt. Definitely. Um, uh, I, I can't wait to get into them. It's something we can do that's not going to throw off our normal schedule. We're putting something out and giving a, a full movie every week. It's a, you know, quick 30-minute episodes we can throw in. I think they're going to be a lot of fun and a lot of comedy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to them because I love Tales from the Crypt. Um, and then we have our remake versus original where we are going to compare two films. We're going to talk about the similarities, the difference, uh, the differences, the budgets, the effects, and pretty much uh, decide which one we thought was better. Uh, We have a lot of remakes nowadays, so let's, you know, we want to kind of do it with a clean slate of, is this remake better or as good as the original? A lot of times we say no, but... You know, you really got to watch a remake, not not com- not judging it because you really like the original. Like we want to really compare these two movies. Um, also, we got the Is It That Bad series where we're going to take uh, kind of genuinely disliked horror films, like films that everyone hates. And we're going to watch it uh, pretty much with a clean slate and figure out if it's really that bad of a movie. Uh, some good examples is, you know, um, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Everyone hates that movie. Well, not everyone. A lot of people hate that movie. And it's because it doesn't go with the rest of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. It's so different. But let's sit down and watch it if it was a standalone movie. And we'll decide, you know, does it really deserve the hate that it gets? We're, we're going to take the nickelbacks of the horror movie yeah, world. That, that's a good... Gonna, we're going to break them down. Yeah. We're also going to post our, um, you know, like our after shows for episodes where we want to talk a little mo- a little more about uh, a certain movie. We won't do one for every episode we do, but there are some movies where we kind of cut the mics off and we'll end up talking about that movie for, you know, another hour or 30 minutes or something. Um, and then there's also like stuff that I don't get the the chance to put in the other episodes because we've already made it two hours long. 
So we'll also uh, throw those kind of episodes in there too. And then we're also kind of playing around with the ideas of maybe favorite kills and franchises or comparing some of our favorite horror characters. And then maybe doing like some deep dives on some of our favorite like effects guys, uh, writers, and some of our favorite directors. Um, So that's pretty much what we are planning to do in 2024. Uh, We hope you guys will be joining us. We are very excited for the year to come. We thank you guys for checking out our special end of the year episode. Uh, Next week, we will be returning to our regular one movie per week episodes. And we hope to see you there. Have a kick-ass beginning to your the best year of your life. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully this is it. Hopefully it's not a horror movie. No. Hopefully they don't make a movie about it and we're covering it in two years. Yep. 